Hey everyone, welcome to Caregivers 911. Today we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Letitia Carr. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Letitia. Letitia is a trained life coach and self-care strategist helping entrepreneurs build both a healthy personal foundation and healthy business cultures. Her signature framework allows her to help business owners find their essence all while addressing thoughts and behaviors that they are ineffective in helping them reach their goals and dreams. Her goal is to help fellow game changers and businesses develop excellent work cultures so that they can thrive personally as well as thriving businesses, happy employees, it helps to increase revenue. Over the past few years, Letitia curated events for creatives and entrepreneurs that has resulted in attendees developing new businesses, reaching higher goals, and developing effective self-care plans for their daily lives. She first introduced the State of Our 20 Schooling for Life edition. Oh my gosh, I love that so much, y'all. A one-day conference focused on teaching the subjects not taught in school, including creating your own opportunities, entrepreneurship, and building meaningful relationships. Letitia has also launched Self-Care in the City, a brunch series that focuses on sharing tips and tools for self-care and well-being. Letitia earned a BA in psychology in 2011 and an MA in counseling in 2013, and as well as completing an intensive life coach and leadership, utilizes her education and experience to help people build better lives and businesses. Her, pers her personal <laughs> commitment is to continue to do the work to impact the influences, influencers who impact the masses. Welcome, Tish. How are you doing today? Hey, Misha. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining. I'm so happy you accepted my invite. Thanks for asking. All right. So today our topic will be about how can caregivers protect their mental health during COVID-19? So my first question for you, Tish, is how does stress affect your mental health? So stress impacts not just your mental health, but also your physical health. So our body Stress is, stress is essentially our body going into fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. And so when we are continually stressed, you know, emotionally that has a toll on us, it chemically has a toll on us, and then physically it has a toll on us. So it really impacts our whole well-being to be stressed. Um, so I would say that, you know, as far as your mental health, stress can increase the likelihood of depression and anxiety and other mental health concerns concerns that people may or may not already be dealing with but when you add the added stress stressors on top of it it can really exacerbate that so um one of those one of the things I do in another uh life of mine another another venue of work that I do I do crisis crisis work and I see a lot of people who are usually doing okay and then a stressor happens and maybe they have underlying depression or underlying anxiety when that stressor hits it just sends them over the edge so it really does have a, a major impact on your overall well-being but really on your mental health because it, it can be it can be something very you know something very much out of our control like COVID-19 mm -hmm. that 
you know, if you don't know how to manage stress well, that can really set you over the edge and really, you know, be a hindrance to your mental health. So, um, yeah, definitely taking care of your, taking care of your well-being is important and managing your stress is, you know, top <laughs> on that. And that can be difficult and hard for people to really know what that means. I agree with that 100%. What are some things that caregivers can do at home to reduce stress? So to reduce stress, okay, so reducing stress is a little bit complicated of an idea, right? Because sometimes, like I said, there's things that are out of your control. We can't control a global pandemic happening, right? We can't control that schools are out and your kids are home and you're working from home and all that, right? We don't have any control over that. So we can't necessarily reduce those stressors, but what we can do is manage the best that we can with what we have going on, right? So one of the ways to kind of manage your stressors um, and not the stress itself, but the stressors in your life um, is by, you know, creating schedules, creating routines, creating plans that kind of help you to um, alleviate some of the stress. So, you know, instead of trying to make your kids do an eight-hour school day like they would in school, maybe you just give them two hours of work that they do or they log into their to their program while you work from home, you know, you guys kind of do it that way instead of trying to force things to be the way that they were now, right? Because right now we're in a very much unprecedented situation. So it's hard to say, okay, everybody has to be up by seven and on the go because where are we going, right? (laughs) If you, you know, if you have, if you're a caregiver and you have a loved one who who is high needs and maybe they usually sleep in and you try to keep them on a, on a schedule, maybe let them sleep a little longer and like adjust the schedule so that maybe they wake up or nine at nine or 10 and you still get up at seven, seven or eight and you can get some of the things done that you need to get done. Um, or maybe they're early birds and you know that, right? Like maybe they're, up, yes. maybe they're up at six. Um, and you know that, so you get up, manage the day with them. And then if they go to bed earlier, if that's, you know, part of the situation, then you can get some of the things done that you need to get done on the other end. But it's really looking at your life and saying, what is actually feasible and going to work for how my life is set up? I can't, I can't do things the way other people do because my situation is different as a caregiver. Um, I'm not a caregiver in the sense that you're talking about in this scenario, but I'm more of a, I was, it was the term I, I used for my mother. My mother, <laughs> my mother has her own stuff going on mentally and emotionally. And I'm very much a um, manager of, of her. I kind of manage things. And one of the things I realized is like trying to, trying to make her do things the way that I want it to happen. is not going to happen. So I have to manage my stressors, set the boundaries, set up, set up routines, set up, set up plans and, and be flexible with those things too. So set them up and be, be, focused on those things but also have enough flexibility that if something like COVID-19 comes out of nowhere it doesn't you know ruin your whole entire life or your whole entire day you know you come up ways to be a little bit flexible in those things so um, I think those things are really important as far as having a routine really looking at your life and saying okay what is feasible in this moment and maybe your schedule and your plan can only be for the month of April or the month of May and not for an entire year Mm -hmm really taking it chunk by chunk, like, okay, in the winter months, this is what my, my day looks like. In the summer months, this is what my day look like, looks like. And creating schedules that actually are effective for your day. If you have to go to appointments all the time, 
Maybe you can make those appointments for your for yourself. You can maybe know that Mondays are the day I do appointments for myself and I try my best to schedule Tuesday, Wednesday appointments for my loved one that I'm caring for or something like that that kind of really just helps create a a plan so that you're not thrown off when you have an appointment on a Wednesday, but you also have to be somewhere else, you know, and just right. try to create something that's, that's actually feasible for your life. That makes a lot of sense because I have given my caregivers a caregiver plan. So in a caregiver plan, they put down this week, we're going to do this with my loved one, but make it realistic. But with someone that has Alzheimer's or dementia or some form of special needs, things don't always go as planned. So like you said, they have to be willing to bend. And I tell them, write down what makes sense, what is working and what is not working. So you won't continue to add those things to your plan because it's some days when all right, I'm thinking grandma's going to get straight up, my grandmother. And someday she not. Someday she's going to have an accident and I might have to clean that up. So that's going to change my schedule. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you have to know that things are going to happen. You know, you have to be a little bit flexible. But in general, you have a general plan of how things should go for the day. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, depending on the situation, um, maybe you can even discuss that plan with your loved one because everyone's a caregiver in a different way, right? right. Like, you know, you... You may have a family member who has Alzheimer's who doesn't really remember the conversations that you you had yesterday. Yes. Or you may have someone that you're a caregiver for that maybe is on dialysis or something like that where where they their memory and everything's intact and you can have the conversation of, okay, tomorrow this is what our day is gonna look like. Does this work for you? You know, and given that given the person the respect mm-hmm. part of the plan too. Um, but at least so you can you guys can come up with a a plan that actually works for your day, you know, ask them, what would you like your day to be like? What, you know, what time would you like to get up? What time would you like to do these things? If that's, you know, if that's your situation and you have the, you know, the ability to do that in other situations, you may not have that, um, that ability or that, um, that you, you may not be able to navigate things that way, um, depending on the situation, but, you know, coming up with some kind of plan that works for everybody, um, right. and that is effective for everybody. Cause we can all have plans that, that aren't effective. If they're not effective, they're not doing us any justice. So I agree. All right. Thank you so much, Tish. That was amazing. All right. Do you recommend that caregivers follow a specific routine each day? We can ask that out because we answered that question already. If someone is having a crisis, is there a specific hotline that they can call? Like as far as I know you may know one for mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So If you live in the state of Maryland, really in every state, but I'm more familiar with the state of Maryland, Maryland has a hotline number. It's 211. It's very simple. Um, So it's like 911, but I say it's it's 911, but for mental health and resources. So not just, it's not just mental health related, but they have a resource bank for all the resources in the state of Maryland. Um, So, you know, say you have maybe Maybe you lost your job in the middle of this, this COVID-19 and you need rental assistance um, or things like that. They 211 will have resources for things like that. They actually can direct you. If they don't have the answer, they have other hotlines and things that they can direct you to. But that's a really good central location. So say you have a grandparent who's in need of getting connected with some kind of service, right? Or you have a, a mother that is in need of getting connected with some kind of service, you can contact 211. They'll do their absolute best to give you the resources that they have. They're going to direct you and they're going to direct you and then they're going to follow up with you to see, you know, were you able to connect with the resources that we gave you as well. So 211 is excellent. 
Um, I know how it works specifically in Frederick County, but I know that, you know, in all the counties and all the regions of Maryland, they have a 211 program that really works together to help people get connected with the resources that they need. If there's a mental health crisis, most counties in Maryland have what's called a crisis team. So say you have a loved one who's having a mental health um, issue, they can't, you know, you're not sure, should I take them to the hospital? Should I call the police? What should I do? Um, 211 um, has an ability depending on your county, but 211, some counties have a mobile crisis team that can come out and assess the situation and say, okay, maybe this person needs to go to the hospital or they'll sit and make a crisis plan with you or they can, um, or they, if they can't do a crisis plan with you, they can um, at least assist you in getting resources that you need as well. So Maryland, does, I know for sure in the state of Maryland because that's, <laughs> that's my like work stomping ground um, that, they have those resources in, in the area. Um, but 211 is available, I think, in almost every state um, mm -hmm. for resources. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you live in Oklahoma, you should be able to contact 211 for resources as well, especially in a crisis situation. Thank you. That's great that 211 is the line that connects just like 911. Yeah, so 211 is excellent because even, so say you're not sure, I don't know, should I call 911? Should I call? Right. Who should I call? And you don't feel comfortable necessarily calling 911 immediately, you can contact 211, kind of run it by the scenario by them, and they can say, okay, you definitely need, you know, they can contact the police for you, they can contact, you know, emergency services for you, or they can help you, you know, walk you through what you need to do. Um, you know, for instance, say you, maybe your loved one, you know, is forgetful, forgot that, you know, you keep, this is like a out there, Okay. <laughs> um, you keep bleach in a certain bottle and they thought it was a water bottle and they drank it or you know just something like just yeah. kind of out of that's a little bit extreme but like okay poison control you can't remember the number to poison control call 211 they can get you connected with poison control or remind you mm -hmm. of the number of things so those are just you know some scenarios I guess that could happen that 211 could be a resource if you if you're not sure if you should call 911 or not now what are the top five self-care tips that you will recommend to a caregiver? Okay, top five for a caregiver. So that they can do during COVID-19. <laughs> you said what? That they can do during COVID-19. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, we don't know how long things are going to be this way. So I definitely try to give resources that are the fitting the situation. Um, so first I would say come up with some kind of schedule or routine. Really look and evaluate your everyday life and say, okay, what is effective? And it doesn't mean that Monday through Friday have to look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. and Saturday and Sunday look the same. Maybe, you know, Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, you know, you do, you go and take a walk right? You take a walk in the morning to get your day started. You can go outside and walk. That's not against the rules, right? <laughs> you can take a walk. Um, maybe you can do yoga. There's like free yoga programs available right now, Down Dog app, things like that. Misha's probably more familiar with, but there's, um, there's some free, free apps to kind of just help you physically get moving that you just build into your routine. Um, so coming up with a routine that actually works for your, your life. Um, you know, maybe even saying, okay, I know you know, my mom has appointments that she has to have every month. So maybe the beginning of the month, you schedule those appointments for certain days of the week, right? And then maybe try to ask the doctor, can you go ahead and put us on the schedule for every first Tuesday mm -hmm. of the month? And so you have that standing appointment, you know, that's on the schedule. Now, if something comes up and you have to change that, that's okay. You can right. shift and adjust, but at least you know 
that's on your schedule and that's things that you can do. So um, that's, that's one thing is just really looking, evaluating your situation, evaluating your schedule and seeing where you can do things that fit time in for yourself and make things a little more um, easier to cope with for you. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to live with the burden all the time or the feeling of a burden all the time or feeling of overwhelm all the time. So mm-hmm. that's one. I said a lot, but that's one. <laughs> um, <laughs> two, um, I would say, so I said build a, build a schedule, build a routine. I would still, still say, you know, add in physical fitness into your daily life, whether that looks like taking a 10 minute walk outside, a 15 mm-hmm. minute walk outside, 30 minute walk outside. Um, maybe you like to run, maybe you like to do yoga, whatever it is, something to get your body moving. Right now, a lot of us are at home the majority of the time, maybe not all the time. Some of us do still have to go to work, but um, you know, we're at home more often than we usually are. So finding things to kind of just get your body moving and get some sun, um, get some yes, light, light and some vitamin D. Yeah, in your in your day. Um, the third thing I would suggest is um, making sure that you have like connections with people, someone you can reach out to if you need a support group, if you need, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a, you know, have a friend on call that you, you know, your supports, who are your supports yeah. essentially is what I'm saying. Um, identify who your supports are and don't be afraid to reach out to them, especially in a time like this. Uh, everybody will understand that, you know, it's a hard time for a lot of people. And so being able to reach out to someone, um, regardless if it's about, situations with the person that you are a caregiver for or maybe mm-hmm. overwhelmed from everything going on just identifying your supports and reaching out to them um that's that's another big one that was three right yes <laughs> um, yes yes <laughs> um four i would add just making sure you know some of the things that help you like if you do become really stressed if you do become really upset or overwhelmed or don't know what to do with yourself when you're not that way, when you're kind of calm, when you're kind of having a a good day, content, coming up with, you know, writing down four or five things that help you to feel better when Mm -hmm. you're overwhelmed. What are, what are four things that make me feel better? I know that when I'm upset or overwhelmed, overwhelmed, walking away helps, being alone helps, you know, spending Mm -hmm. some time by myself, taking a hot shower, whatever it is to have a minute to myself. Um, You know, what are those things that help, help you feel better in the moment? So coming up with those kind of things when you're not in, you know, not when you're super overwhelmed or upset, those kind of things, but identifying some of those things when you're kind of, you know, everything's okay. So when, if things, if and when things escalate, you kind of already have an idea of what to do for yourself. Um, And then the fifth thing I would say, let me see, I have two and I'm just, okay. The fifth thing I would say for yourself, I would set some goals on how you want to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And those goals can look like, you know, I keep going back to the physical fitness thing. That's just top of mind. But I want to, you know, physically, I want to, um, you know, go for walks three times a week or mm-hmm. maybe financially, maybe you have like financial goals. You want to get out of debt or something. I don't know. You know, setting some goals for yourself. So you have something that anchors you mm-hmm. and that keeps you keeps you focused on what you have going on in your life every day. So setting some tangible goals that really will help anchor you to move forward every day. Um, Cause when we get overwhelmed, it can be hard to move forward if we don't have anything we're looking forward to. Um, so having those things to kind of look forward to and things that you're trying to do for yourself that are for you, 
are for you and not just for all the people that you're probably caring for, the person that you're caring for, but the thing that you do and are looking forward to for yourself. Um, that was that, right? <laughs> yes, you gave me five. That was Those were excellent. Thank you. All right, my last question. Is it true that, well, we already know that, you answered that, but I'm gonna ask you this question anyway. Is it true that stepping outside once a day can help improve your mental health? Yes, so the, and the, there's a couple of reasons for that, but one is because just being physically active gets your endorphins, <laughs> your, your endorphins up. You, you are releasing endorphins. Um, that's a good thing. Being able to get some sunlight, vitamin D, those kind of things really help, help people feel better. Mm -hmm. um, it helps, you know, it helps. There's a reason that seasonal depression is a thing, right? Because there's less sunlight, you're spending less time outside, it's cold, all those kind of things. So the sun really does help us in a lot of ways, just being outside for at least a little while, at least 30, right. 30 minutes or so, if you can, if you can help it, um, get outside a little bit, because those kind of things can really boost your mood, just make you feel a little bit better, um, help you to kind of release some of those chemicals in your brain that make you feel better. Um, yeah, so even if it's even if you don't like to walk or something, make go on a drive on a sunny day or something like that to just get you outside of the house um, can be helpful. Well, those tips are definitely helpful, like going for hike, bike riding, um, or even just sitting on the porch doing some gardening. Or yeah, sitting on the porch doing some gardening. Maybe you sit on your porch and your neighbor sits on their porch. You guys yeah. talk whatever. <laughs> Whatever social distancing, y'all more than six feet away. <laughs> right, right. Um, but definitely getting outside, especially when you, you know, you don't want to end up with cabin fever, right? And you've just been no. stuck in the house all, <laughs> all day, all night. You don't know what to do with yourself. You know, you're tired of watching Netflix. I know I'm tired of watching Netflix. Um, Watch Netflix yet. My mind being in overdrive. I can't even sit down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can just, you, you know, you can sit outside, read a book or something like that. You know, whatever, listen to some music. Do some of those things that just help get your mind going and get get you outside of the house. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tish. Tell everyone how they can find you. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you can find me a couple of ways. Um, I have a podcast called The Refill with Letitia Carr. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you can get a podcast you can listen to podcasts. Um, if it's not on the platform of your choice, let me know and I'll figure out how to get it on there. Um, you can email me at hello at LetitiaCarr.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Letitia.Carr and on Twitter at LetitiaCarr. So I'm available almost everywhere. So um, reach out, just, you know, you can find me just almost all my handles are just my name, Letitia Carr. Yes, so y'all can find her real easily. So no excuses why you can't find her. So thanks so much for coming on Moxie Caregivers 911. I want you all to stay hydrated, sanitized, and stay well. Talk to you later.